to the Faith Therapy Podcast, and I'm your host, Marilyn Shaw. I'm having intimate conversations with therapists, faith leaders, and wellness influencers with one goal in mind, to bridge the gap between faith and mental wellness. As a best-selling author and soon-to-be therapist, I'm passionate about providing practical tools to renew your mind, restore your faith, and redefine your life. The information shared in today's episode is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed counselor. If you need one, visit MyFaithTherapy.com. That's MyFaithTherapy.com. Marquita, we cannot start this conversation without full transparency. Listen, listeners, this is our second go round at this conversation, which just means we for the double up, we for the pour out extra hard and right. for whatever reason, the first one did not work. But this one, I know that it's just right. And it's what the Lord needed for us to do. So thank you again for Yay. doing this all over again. I really No problem. I would do it over and over again. Marilyn, I think that you are amazing. You're incredible. Our first conversation was so incredible that I believe this one is just going to double that. And for the wills that are watching, for every replay viewer, for all you listeners, buckle your seatbelt, grab you something to drink, get you some popcorn because this is just, this was an amazing, amazing conversation. So... Don't go nowhere. Absolutely not. So we're going to dive into shame. We're going to talk about the suffocation of shame, Mm -hmm. but not just the lifestyle of shame, but more importantly, the life outside of shame and -hmm. really understanding everything that the father has allowed for us to experience outside of it. So when I first was doing research on um, shame, the Lord took me back to the very beginning with mm-hmm. Adam and Eve, once mm-hmm. they were disobedient, they mm-hmm. were literally wrapped into shame. Mm-hmm. And the scripture shows how that came to be for them. And I want you just to share with us, Marquita, you know, when you think of the word shame, what comes to mind? A couple of things do come to mind, but I want I want to make sure I'm, I'm being integral with the definition of shame. Um, shame is a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. So when I think of shame, I think of, I want to cover myself because I'm humiliated. I feel like I've done something or someone is going to judge me for whatever decision I made, um, whatever uh, uh, road I decide to walk down, whatever, whatever choices I decide to go into. And it brought some type of humiliation or embarrassment either to me or people that I love or even God. Like there's some things that I have done. I feel like, oh my God, God is not pleased with me. Now the world is going to say, you know, what God would love you, what God will use you in the, in the choices that you have made. So I immediately go into the humiliation part of it and shunning away and closing myself off. That's what Mm -hmm. I think of when I, when I think of the word shame. Yeah, it does do that. It closes you Mm -hmm. up. It, it separates you from Mm -hmm. your purpose. It separates Mm -hmm. you from your God given identity. Mm -hmm. It allows you to take on characteristics that were never intended for your life. Exactly. Experience and mm-hmm. you know you are an exceptional faith leader and you're a prophet and you're used by the Lord not only within the church but outside of the church and the ministry that you utilize. Um, help me out here. Um, healed while heal, you heal build. while you build. Heal while you yes. build. Yes. Yes. And the yes. folks that you are working with, I'm sure shame is in the fabric of their life mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. on the things that they have gone through. And I am sure there are times where you have to really have that real honest conversation with them around not to live in that life of shame, but to actually mm-hmm. heal and move forward. Talk to us. What is that like having to work with people in that place? Well, I have to begin to affirm them and tell them who they are. So I immediately, when someone is feeling the negative, the condemnation, they're feeling the the sin, I immediately go into who God says they are. So I cancel it out immediately with words of affirmation, not just fluff, not just, oh, everything is going to be all right. But no, 
God says that you are this. God says that you are that. God says that you can obtain this. God says that it's okay that he, a righteous man, falls seven times, but get back up again. So even in mistakes, there's nobody in the Bible that God did not use or that God used that did not have an issue, that mm -hmm. did not have a problem, that did not have something they should have been ashamed of. You know, not one. And he's still blessed and he's still provided and he's still covered and he's still led and he's still used and he's still favored and he's still called out. We can go from Joseph. We can go to um, um, Moses. We can go to even Cain killing mm -hmm. his brother Abel. God still marked right. him. That is so powerful. God yes. still marked him and said, wherever you go, they will know that you are mine. You know, so mm -hmm. it, even in you doing what you did, which was, uh, just, it was terrible what Absolutely. he did, you know? Um, and so I believe when I, when I minister or when I coach or when I advise the people that I do, my clients and, and the people that I do cover, I, I begin to target the thing that the enemy does not want them to hear. The thing that the enemy does not want them to know because faith come by hearing. So if we keep talking about the negative, that's what you're going to keep believing. That's what you're going to keep recycling. That's what you're going to keep reciting. We will confront it, but then we're also going to have that same anointing to slay it, to beat it, to drive it out, to cast it out, to denounce it, to renounce it, to rebuke it, to, you know, to come against it and then begin to hold on to what God actually said that you are, that you are loved, that you are accepted, that you are being lifted up, like come up out of that low place and be lifted up, not be lifted up in pride, but be lifted up in love, be lifted up in the spirit of God, the grace of God, the mercies of God. So that's what I do with them. You know, one thing I've learned with working with folks is sometimes because they've been stuck in shame for so long that they begin to not only take it as their identity, but they love on it like it's a blanket and mm -hmm. a badge of honor that this is where they want to be. It's almost mm -hmm. like it's the illusion of they like the the feeling of shame. They like mm -hmm. that so much that they mm -hmm. honestly believe that mm -hmm. this is who they are and they can't experience life anywhere else. But just like you said, you know, the word of God tells us that our faith comes by hearing the word mm -hmm. of God. It comes by hearing mm -hmm. the word of God. And it takes that process of hearing mm -hmm. the word of God and taking out what is not taken mm -hmm. out. But sometimes going through that process, people tend to not want to do that. They yes. don't want to walk through the actual process. They want it to be microwave. They want mm -hmm. it to be done for them. They want people to mm -hmm. do the work for them. Mm -hmm. And I want you mm -hmm. to kind of talk about what is that process like for someone to really go through it? Again, you got to acknowledge it. You got to confront it. You got to divorce this, this marriage that you've created in your spirit, in your mind, that this is my life. And now I'm going to, I'm going to pledge allegiance to this. You got to be able to recognize that that was a setup and a trap by the enemy to derail you. You talking about to go somewhere? We going somewhere? Go. That, that was a plan of the enemy because the Bible says that God knows the thoughts and plans that He thinks towards us. Right? This is Jeremiah twenty nine and eleven. The word of the Lord also says that eyes haven't seen and ears haven't heard, and neither has it entered the heart of man what the Lord has prepared for us. However, the enemy is not a man; he's That's a spirit. Right. And so though he may not know everything, he does know some things. And if he can tr trick you out of your spot, he will. Right. If he can trick you out of your, your seating with the Lord, he will. If he can keep you in an orphan and an abandoned and a rejection spirit, but still you preach. But when you preach, all we hear is pain. All mm. we hear is abandonment. All we, if he can put you as a motivational speaker, but all we hear is they left me, they left me. So you're, you're spewing out with power. Now you're spewing out as a wife, as a mother, as a husband, as a father, as a leader, these are people in the Lord's church as well, as a CEO, as a boss, as a whatever you are, you're saying that you're healed, but you keep acquiescing to the thing that has you bound. And that's where you get your strength from, where you're bound at, where God says, whom the son sets free is free indeed. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And that he does not want us to be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so in order for you to, you got to say, you know what? This is not God's design for me. It's a part of my story, but it's not a part of my deliverance. It's not a part right. of my 
forwardness. It's not a part of my destiny. It's a part of my history, but it does not carry on with me. I'm not going to carry that on like a coat, like a like a like a members only jacket. I'm not going to use this as a, a like a, I'm a flash this card so you know I'm a part of the rejection crew. I'm a part of the shame crew. No, the devil is a liar. Old things have passed away and behold, all things become new. We should hear a different story. You shouldn't hear I shouldn't see you in the same spot I saw you last year when you said that you're evolving. That's right. You get what I'm saying? Like your story it should be evolving. I, I still should not be talking about my ex-husband mm. and I haven't been married to him in 20 years. I, that still should not be the thing that I'm, I'm ministering to women from a place of a divorcee. I should be talking about overcoming that divorce, healing, going through the relationship that I went through in the middle and then getting married again and how God is blessing me where I am now. I should not always go back to the place of pain that I was in. And it breaks me every time I talk about it. Mm. God doesn't get the glory out of that. That is us creating monuments out of pain. Monuments out of pain, monuments out of pain. And that should not mm. be, you know, especially <clears throat> now in a culture where it's a good thing that we're talking about mental health and people mm -hmm. being more aware of, you mm -hmm. know, going to therapy and getting the help that they need. But somewhere mm -hmm. along the way, mm -hmm. I've noticed that people have started to wear the labels or the diagnosis mm -hmm. as, you know, this is who I am. I'm struggling mm -hmm. with anxiety. I am mm -hmm. trauma bonding. I am going through depression and PTSD. You know, all of those diagnoses is intended for the therapist or the clinician to be able to provide insight for you to mm -hmm. heal and for mm -hmm. you to get to a better place, not for mm -hmm. you to stay stuck, not mm -hmm. for you to wear it as a place of identity, but to be aware of the symptoms. Mm -hmm. So for you, you work with a lot of people in the faith sector and mm -hmm. sometimes they can over spiritualize their pain yes. as a way of escaping from the work. Mm -hmm. And today you beautifully explained what the word of God says about not being a leader or walking in purpose or ministering to others from a place of pain. But you mm -hmm. should be at a point where the word of God is so evident in your life that it's transformed you to live in this space of freedom. Can you talk about the dangers of being in leadership and ministering from that place of pain, whereas going to actually do what the word of God says and you live in a life of freedom? Yeah. Um, I think that you become a weapon of mass destruction when you're not healed and whole. So you're gifted, but you're not delivered. So there's no fruits. There is no, we don't see the fruits of the spirit. We're being entertained by your performance because gifts and callings come without repentance, right? That does not mean that you are walking in responsibility and that you're being discipled and 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 covered and being um, um, honest about your own walk. That doesn't mean that. That just means when it's time to go, you know how to pull from your gifts. But I've seen people literally bleed on their congregation. They bleed on their teams. They bleed on social media because their gift is highlighted but their pain is the one that's being magnified. That's mm. the thing that's echoing. So we feel the blows from them verbally. We feel the blows. We don't feel, and, and if you are a person that is used to any kind of abuse, then, and, and, and you enjoy it. So now you have this Stockholm syndrome. Now, now you're able to identify with the, with the person that's abused too, and you're cheering them on, whereas healed people will go, well, when are you going to get past that? Because we've heard this and we need you to, to walk in the victory and we need you to overcome and we need you to really walk into that more than a conqueror. We need, we need to see that on you. We don't need you telling us that. We need to see that as leaders is our responsibility to not just speak the word, but live the word. Because we can speak it all day long and be a total walking contradiction. I mean, mm. seriously, I have seen some powerful people preach, pray, prophesy, lay hands on the sick, you know, all the things. 
and they are depressed and they are oppressed. They, some of them are possessed. Mm. You, you understand? Some of them are. And, and so they operate in their gifts, but when the anointing lifts, they're back to being their flesh. They're back to being their, their unclean, human, dirty self. And they're not trying to get free because they, they, they have embraced, like we said a moment ago, they have embraced that this is a part of my genetic makeup. And I love what you said about in this generation, um, we have, we have overdiet, we have labels for everything. We will study demons. Mm. We will study you know, mental awareness. We will study emotional cavities. We will do all of that, but we will not take the word of God. We will not take the information from the therapist, from the counselor, from the psychiatrist, from the pastor, from the prophet, from the whoever, and apply it to our life. So we are informational hungry, but we won't chew and eat. Now, girl, now, all right, because, okay, we will we will research, but we won't we won't do the work. We won't take the answer and go. Now let me apply. Okay, I, I done studied this. We have become prophetic junkies. We have become um, junkies when it comes to oh, this is what's wrong with me. Oh, this is what's wrong with this person. I have a label. See, back in the day, and this is no no knock to anyone. This is actually an you know an applause. But back in the day, they they didn't have the intelligence that we have now. They didn't. All they knew was that's not of God and I'm breaking it in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And they prayed it off for you. They could smell depression on you. They could smell sin on you. They knew when you walked in, that's a devil on you. They didn't know what to call it, but they knew that it wasn't clean. That's Ooh, right. I'm sorry. That's I just, right. Because I'm, I'm, right. I'm telling you, I, yes. you know, they knew how to stay at that altar until it came off of you. They knew how to call upon the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous running and they are safe. The righteous now are becoming doctors mm -hmm. and the righteous are now becoming self. We self-medicate and we want to be Dr. Webb NDs and we want to diagnose ourselves, which is fine. But where is the outcome? Where do you get the help? When do you take the medication? When do you pray the scriptures? When do you come out of your caves? When do you get out the bed? When do you take a shower? I mean, come on now. When do you, when do you get up and when do you dust yourself off and try again? When do you stop saying, I know what it is, but you don't do nothing with it. You got all these demons and all these spirits resting on you and you're cuddling them. I have a tagline and I've been saying it for about seven years now. I don't counsel demons. Mm. You know, people think that I'm a counselor because I, I use the terminologies and all that, but I'm not. So legally I have to say, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist. I have an advantage because I'm a licensed, ordained minister and I'm a prophet. So I have a foreknowing and a relationship strategist. So because of that, God anoints me with wisdom. But I know how to tell somebody, oh, you need to see a professional, you know, because I technically legally can't diagnose you with certain things. But in the spirit realm, I see, okay, I'm looking at a whole lot that medicine ain't going to be able to do. It's, it's going to take the blood of Jesus, but you still need to go sit on somebody's couch because you're wounded and mm -hmm. you want you need to be able to get this stuff out of you. You need to acknowledge that you have a problem. That's and right. I, I think with people, they don't, they want to, they want to acknowledge that there's an issue, but they don't want to fix it. They just want you to deal with their handicap. And I'm just not doing, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm just, I'm, I'm not, we, we can't do that. Mm -mm. We, you know, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. So the pulling down of strong, this stuff works. The Bible right. works. That's now I right. know therapy works. And I think that therapy is necessary. I think we need therapists in our churches. We need psychiatrists and we need people do need medication because there's a chemical imbalance in the brain. Just like if you have a headache or if you have a backache and you take a, a pill for that, some people do need medication. However, let's put this. Oh, all right. Let's put some yes, Jesus on that. Yes, let's find us a Christian counselor and not somebody that believe in other stuff that, that does not align with what we believe. That's and so right. now- we, we got to be careful that we're not lit. And these are for Christians. My God, help me. I've never in my life sis, seen so many believers run to witches for help. I've never in my life seen so many Saul's going to the witch of Endor. 
and all my, because you want to answer so quick because you refuse to wait on the Lord. That's right. And you refuse to do the work. They want a quick fix. They go to psychics. They get readings. What you mean you read in my hand? You're not reading my hand. They, 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 they take these things and they're using sound bowls and they're holding on to the thing that God created and want the thing to bless them. I'm like, when do we start doing this as believers? I understand right. when the world does it, but as believers, how do, how did we engage in this now? Because we don't want to do the real work, the work to do the work. To do the work, to do the actual work, to actually do what the word of God says, to do what the word of God says. Mm -hmm. You know, there is this, this fascination with the supernatural, but adding in the element of I'm going to do it the way I want to do it, the way I, I want to do it. it. Yes. And then yes. when you caught up and bound up and tangled up, then you want to holler, Jesus, come and save me, come mm -hmm. and save me, come and mm -hmm. save me. Instead of sitting down and being patient and waiting mm -hmm. on the Lord. He talks about there is a renewed strength when you do that. Yeah. There's That's a right. supernatural renewed strength when you're able to sit and wait on the Lord for what mm -hmm. he has for you in your life. So that mm -hmm. way, when you have a clear understanding of doing the work, it's like he's taking you through the strategy of unfolding. How did Correct. you get here? Where did this even come from generationally? Yes. From, from the environment or the habits that you may have formed that you didn't even know of were born yes. in for one but then mm -hmm. once you understand, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, when the enemy tries to come back and represent these things to you, you're able to understand and see the scheme in the plane of the enemy beforehand. Yeah. But then yeah. but when you want to do the shortcuts, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Oil only comes when you're crushed. That's, I mean, it, we can't, we can stop right there. Oil only comes when you're being stomped. I mean, like pressed on and it, guess what? It doesn't feel good. I tell people all the time when I get a massage, because I, I've had some back issues, I have to let them know, okay, sweetest massage, light. I need, I need light reflexology. I, I don't need you to go hard because I know how my body's going to respond to that. I'm going to probably walk away with having muscle spasms. So every massage therapist that I have, when I tell them about my pain with pain in my back, they know, okay, I can't press this over here because it's going to cause something. But I do understand that as a client that I have to be pressed in in order to get the relief. Mm. I still got to be pressed down. So though I'm saying, God, I don't want this. He's still saying, I may not touch you over here, but I still got to press. I still got to press down on you to get this out of you. So who I might press in a certain way over here that you may not go through that crushing. You may not go because you can't handle that. There are some of us that go through the pressing and it's like, God is like, bam, go through it and be all right. And then there are those where he takes them through a journey because he know if I smash on you the way I really want to smash on you, you're not going to be able to take it. Mm -mm. You're going to reject me. You're going to leave me. You're going to, you know, you're going to do all the things. So God kind of spoon takes people through certain processes of, 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 of pressing down. And then some of us are literally on the potter's wheel, you know, and he smashes you down and builds you up. And I don't like that smashes you down and build. That is not a fun thing. Mm -mm. But it is, but it's a part of our process right. when we say that we are in Christ. That is a part of our process. And I don't know who told the world that it's easy to trust God and it's easy to, to go through the life of God. There's ebbs and flows in your relationship with Christ. It is not easy, but it's worth it. Absolutely. But it is so worth it. And you're asking me some good questions. You got me hyped. Like, I'm like... So everything you, you're saying is like, go ahead. So I'm sorry. Your personal journey. I want you to talk about what has it been like for you to trust God? Ooh, my personal journey. You know what? I was talking to one of my good girlfriends about this. Her and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. And I said, because I advise people and I advise, 
you know, some names that I would never say because it's just not that serious. I don't need to do that. But it's easy for them in some ways because they have boatloads of money. You know, they have Bentleys, Rolls Royces, yachts, you know, airplanes, <laughs> private jets. You know what I'm saying? And I'm and I'm living in my beautiful yet. This is not my forever home. Um, you know, 2000 square foot home with, with five other people. And I listen to them complain about a, a deal or I listen to them be frustrated about, um, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to pop some Xanax. I think I'm going to just lay down for five days. And I say to them, I don't have the luxury to lay down for five days. I'm a wife. I'm a mother, I'm a leader, I'm a prophet in the Lord's church. I don't have $8 million in one account, $10 million in another account, you know, a hundred grand over here just, just to spend just, just when I want it. And so for me, my only recourse is God. Mm. I don't care how much money I have and I'm not broke, you know, but it's like, I don't know anything else outside of, I will trust in the Lord. I will trust. That's all I know. In the Lord. I will trust in the Lord till I die. That, that's that's my testimony. Mm. In the climate of where we are now, those songs mean something. Mm. That, that stuff, girl, we can go somewhere. Woo, that stuff means something right now, okay? I will trust. In the Lord, I will. When they were singing that stuff, when they were saying, I'm going to treat everybody right. They mm. meant that. Even in spite of how they were being treated. I'm going to stay on the battlefield. I don't I don't know what else to do. Mm. So when you ask me a question like that, my only answer is, I say, yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your way. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. I say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. When oh. your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree. And my answer will be yes, Lord. Yes. That's all I got. I don't I don't have this, you know, theological, philosophical essay. Because when I had nothing, all I had was him. When I had something, I had him. When he gave me abundance, I had him. When I lost it all, I still had him. When I'm gaining it back, I have him. He's keeping my mind in yes. the climate that we're in. Where people who only use God as a genie, we, we are like, no, we're in this walk for real. With the cameras on, with the ring lights on, with the makeup, with no makeup, waking up in the morning with our teeth not brushed, armpits not clean, wig on the floor, whatever that is. When I wake up in the morning, I'm like, God, it's me and you. Now, if you help me, I can help my husband. I can help my kids. I can help the world. But if you're not with me, I can't do a thing. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? Even in those seasons where I need to rest and I have to be quiet, there are seasons for those of you watching where God will have you, you know, come away from. He did it with Christ when he was in the wilderness for 40 days, where mm -hmm. he will have you go into seclusion. You still got to trust God when you can't pick up your phone and call somebody. You got to trust God when your bank account is almost at zero and God says, I'm still Jira. Do not ask anybody. Do not do not call the bank for a loan. Do not max out your credit card. I'm going to be gyra. And then you get a phone call saying, I was thinking about you. I just sent you a Zelle. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Or he, or he comes through and, and some surprise money comes in. I've been in those situations where I've seen him move and I've seen him move over and over again. So my only recourse is to trust him with all my heart and lean not to my own understanding. And when, and when the enemy wants me to go cuckoo, I go, uh, 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 I have the mind of Christ. He's been too good to me. So if you're trying to talk to me, I know the Lord is up to something. Even when the Lord is silent, if you're talking to me, I know the Lord is up to something because you're yeah. a liar. That's the boldness you got to have when the enemy comes at you. Wait a minute. You are, you're moving illegally. 
because you're not even supposed to be talking to me. That means God is working something out that I don't even know about yet. Mm. He's working something out for you that you don't even know about yet. And that's why the enemy is coming after you to create shame moments for you to make stupid mistakes and things that you know you should not even be doing. You're in bed, you shouldn't be in. You're in relationships, you shouldn't be in. You're making terrible decisions with your finances. You're an emotional eater. You have coping mechanisms that you know is out of order. You know is wrong. You know you shouldn't be watching certain things. You know you shouldn't be doing thus, thus, and that. And 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 the enemy wants to barricade you mm -hmm. in that and then go to God and say, look, I caught them. They did it again. And you're dealing with this shame because some things humans won't see, but the enemy will taunt you and go, but God saw it and I yeah. saw it and you know it. And he fights you in your mind. But God says, just repent. Mm. Change, turn away from that and don't do it again. And I'll throw it away. It's you that keeps bringing it up. I'll throw it into the sea of forgetfulness. Forgive yourself, repent, you know, and, and, and let's move forward. So I know I said a lot, but it was so right on them, song, them songs. It's, I sung them as a little girl, but mm. as a grown woman, I get it now. Ooh, what? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. While you were singing those songs, it took me back to the moments when I was a little girl in church on mm -hmm. a Friday night, tearing. Mm -hmm. Tearing. Yes. They don't tarry no more. They want to be in church for 45 minutes and they want to go home. Learning the principle of waiting. Mm -hmm. Learning the mm -hmm. principle of waiting. Getting mm -hmm. on my knees, crying out. So I'm, I was like maybe elementary school mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. crying me out too pouring mm -hmm. out my heart looking mm -hmm. over to the right seeing my mom doing the same thing mm -hmm. seeing her mm -hmm. living the lifestyle at home mm -hmm. praying living it out praying mm -hmm. living it out mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. just thinking back to that moment I was learning the principle of waiting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at a, as a young girl, learning the principle of waiting. And for those that mm -hmm. are listening, I want this conversation to be an opportunity for you to know that your waiting season isn't just in vain. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. What you have gone through, and I know people around you may affirm you in your shame and the pain that you've gone, girl, you tough. Child, mm -hmm. you, you brick, you, I mean, you, you hard, you mm -hmm. strong, mm -hmm. you strong. Yeah. Don't wear that as a badge of honor. No, come on, girl. Get that soft life. Come on. Oof. Don't wear that as a badge of honor. Mm -mm. There mm -mm. is so much freedom and victory and liberty. Mm -hmm. When you are willing to be patient and wait and go through the process Mm -hmm. where the Lord wants to take you. Mm -hmm. There's one thing I want to make sure that we talk about that we talked about in the very first interview that did not make it through, but it's all good about good. deliverance. Mm -hmm. You explained it so well as to what it is, what it's not, mm -hmm. and that it, mm -hmm. it is for everyone. It is. It is. Deliverance is for everybody, for the babe in Christ to the, the one that, you know, wears the armor and eats the steak and potatoes. It's for everybody. It's for the apostle on down to the little bitty baby that just got dedicated. You know, um, spirits don't, they're not intimidated by your title. Mm. And so the idea that you don't need deliverance because you've been saved for 20 years means nothing to demons, Right. All they need is one entryway, one, one. And deliverance simply means salvation. It means to be rescued from. And I believe that every believer, this is just my opinion, but I believe every believer needs to go through some form of deliverance once, twice, three times a year, every believer. Um, and I don't mean somebody casting demons out of you and all that. But you might be carrying loads, invisible loads that you don't even realize you're carrying. And it takes a skilled eye. It takes a discerning 
person, someone that can see in the spirit realm that, wait a minute, you got daggers and knives and swords and bombs all in your back, all on your head. And you don't even realize it because we become so into our thing that we don't even realize how bound we look like we're wearing 50,000 pounds of concrete on us. And it takes someone to go, let me take that off of you, you know, or you identifying it in yourself saying, wait a minute, I'm being snappy. I'm being moody. I'm feeling heavy. What's going on with me? I'm not, something's going on. I need to lay before the Lord. I need to make a, I need to go and make a decision because sometimes deliverance is just you changing your mind is a decision. Sometimes deliverance is, you know, you dealing with your emotions, dealing with your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Sometimes deliverance is casting off and casting out devils and not being afraid of your body responding to that. Just get out and get off and get from around me so I can walk in my freedom and in my liberty. Um, deliverance is not scary. Sometimes deliverance happens with a burp, a belch, crying, purging, you know, stuff coming out your nose, passing gas. Sometimes an odor comes off of you. Um, sometimes you got to urinate. Sometimes you got to go to the bathroom. Number two, you know, sometimes it's screaming. Sometimes it's crying. Sometimes it's it's just being still in, in the presence of God. It's just, you you can't do anything. You're just still, you know. Um, some things we got to take by force and we got to be able to what are you? Who's an operation in you? And we call it out and cast it down, you know? So deliverance is something that every believer should go through and they should not be puffed up in ego and in pride and thinking, oh, that's for them, not for me. Those people, I'm like, you definitely, for you to think that about yourself with your human self, for you to think that lets me know that you that you absolutely need it. I'm gonna give you an example. I was at a... um a conference with one of my great girlfriends in Chicago. And there were some other women there and these women, I knew them and they were very, uh, very mean to me. And I had a tendency of taking blows and just keeping it moving. That, that was me. And it took my girlfriend who was also a bishop and an apostle. She said she saw me walk past her and, and behind me, it was all these swords coming out of my back in the spirit realm. And I was just smiling and like, hey, what do y'all need? How can I serve? What do you want? I'm, I'm not, I'm here to help. I'm here to receive, but I'm also, I, you know, and she was like, what is going on with you? And I'm like, what do you, I'm fine. Cause I'm so used to keeping it moving and I'm not a tattletale. And I'm not going to be the one that's going to let you see me cry. If you hurt my feelings, I'm going to just take a mental note. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to get out your way because now I don't trust you with my heart. And I didn't deserve that treatment. And nobody does. But she saw it. She didn't see what they did. She saw in the spirit what was going on with me. And she took me in the back of her office with one of her adjutants. And they anointed me with oil. And she began to pull them things out of my back. And I could actually feel them coming out of my back. I never felt them before. But when she pulled them out, and that's what happens sometimes, even in the natural, you can get nicked with something, you can you can cut yourself and you won't feel it until you wash your hands or until you look down. You're like, where did I get this scrape from? Because you didn't feel it initially, but it was an attack of the enemy to weigh me down and for me to bleed in the spirit. And I was just heavy and heavy, mm -hmm. smiling, still, you know, hey, but on, on in the spirit, I was being boom, 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 being attacked. And she, she, she began to pull those things out of my back. And she began to tell me how she saw how the enemy kept shooting things at me. But I never, I never, ever complained. I never complained. And God blessed her for that, for doing that for me. And then God blessed me. He took me to another level of appreciation for deliverance as well, mm -hmm. because of even that encounter. I've walked people through deliverance and didn't know at that moment I was carrying bombs in my back. Mm -mm. Isn't that something? Mm -mm -mm. Yep. Wow. Wow. I'm not talking about people in the world. People yeah. in God's church hurt me. And I had to keep moving because I didn't want to bring this, this, this idea that, which I still don't believe, um, there's such a thing as church hurt. No, it's a thing of people who are broken people who are mean, who are in God's church, who are not delivered, who are hurting people. Yes. The church never hurt me. 
It was these fools who were irresponsible with their gift and their anointing. That's what it was. Being bullies, trying to intimidate. And I'm going to say this too. You need to hear this. Trying to keep you from knowing who you really are mm. and never wanting you to come up and never wanting you to shine and never wanting you to really walk in the fullness of who you are. Because if you do, you do damage. And then people turn away from their noise because that's what that is. And they begin to follow the anointing. There are people that are around you right now that don't want folk to follow the anointing on your life. They want them to keep, they want you around because you have the power, but they don't want people to connect to the glory on your life. So they're noisemakers, they're noisemakers, but they have no anointing, but they got to keep you around until they're done with you. That's what happened to me all the time. They will keep me around. So they got what they wanted and then they will just throw me away. And you, you can't do that to me no more, but I'm just saying, and I'm definitely healed from that and I'm not holding on to that, but I, I'm not a fool where I won't say this really happens and this happens all the time and it is ridiculous. It is wrong. It is not of God. You don't deserve it. You do not need to be a punching bag. You do not need to be intimidated by other women and men of God. You should not be bullied. That is not of God. God did not want you to go through that. That is not, that should not be your lot. Though you can learn from it and grow from it, that should not be your, well, I guess I'll just keep on going through hurt. No, 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 no. No. So I had to go through that deliverance. And I also had to be delivered from people pleasing. Mm. Dangerous. People pleasing will have you shrink back so much. People pleasing will have you anxious for everything when you should mm. be anxious for nothing. People pleasing will have hold you twirling. Wait a minute. I'm, okay. Hold okay. on. Wait a okay. minute. Wait a okay. minute. I'm, I'm holding on now. You cannot I'm just run being honest. what you just said. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Anxious. Anxious for everything instead of nothing. People pleasing will have you in captivity, girl. People pleasing will have you ignore God just to be a part of circles and cliques and platforms and spaces that they would never have you in had you not been a people pleaser. If you ever walk in your true authority, you will be kicked out. But you want to just make sure everybody is so good and so tight and so wonderful with you. You're not willing to stand alone. Honey, I'll be on a mountain somewhere by myself with God before I ever put myself through that again. Mm. Ever. People pleasing will have you put on pounds or shed pounds. You get what I mean? Like you'll become yeah. this so stressed out that you, and I was the one that I would be putting on the weight. I mean, my face will go mm, 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 because I'm, I'm compromising what I know. And I'm telling myself, it's not my turn. It's their turn. No, I got to help them. I put myself on the back burner. I'm going to build their kingdom. Mm, 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 mm. Meanwhile, they won't give you a stone to put on your castle. Not one stone. And you going over here, put building blocks and creating bricks and straw and you you making the bricks. <laughs> uh, uh, you're getting the sand and the clay and the water and you're like, come on, let's dig. And they they sitting back on their lawn chair like, yeah, that's right, dig, girl. Because they know you'll do the work. But as soon as you're done, off with you. That thing had me bound up for real, especially mm. with women of God. Wow. I always wanted to be the one that I'll help you. I don't want nothing from you. I just want to be your friend. I got your back. You can call me all day and all night and I'll be there for you. I'll do that for you. But they would not do that for me. I had to wake up. I had to get delivered from people pleasing. I had to get delivered from being a yes man. I had to be delivered from always letting people use me at night, but never wanting to see me in the morning. Mm. You use me and you never tell nobody about me. Oh yeah, girl. I got some stories. I was ashamed of that. You talking about shame? Mm. I was ashamed of allowing people to use me, but I thought that that was the way in order to get to certain things. I thought that it was right. 
I did. I thought it was righteous. You let, you know, because, you know, if he can use anything, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. And if this means I got to help somebody else until my turn come, I'm going to just shut my mouth and I'm going to like, over spiritualizing no, I it. I, over spiritualizing it and walking in major false humility, walking in bondage, mind all messed up. Not knowing who I was, waiting on someone to tell me who I was. Mm -hmm. Just couldn't wait for someone to tell me that they saw me. I see the anointing on your life. Girl, you, you know you're anointed. Stand up in that. Mm -mm, Stop mm -mm. shrinking back. All, all of the things. So I thank God that that was an old season. Um, and and to be honest, if I if I can be honest with you, that was that last encounter happened. 2019 and I've been forever changed since 2019 forever wow. so when I sit if I sniff and see a, a, another person trying to do that to me I'm like uh, 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 God speed and I release you because what I'm not going to do is go through that again that's right you know what I mean I'm not there's nothing to pray about there's nothing to talk about you are creating you I, I know I can identify this is the enemy trying to bring that back and I'm not rejecting you I'm rejecting that spirit that that attacks me and that has attacked me since I was a child that mm -hmm. tries to intimidate me and shut me up and make me feel like I'm not enough and I am enough I'm more than enough God made me and fashioned me who I am. I can do all things through him. You are a, 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 an addition to my life. You, you are not my God. You are not my answer. You know, and if God told you to do something for me and you didn't do it, shame on you. Because I've been through that. Where God will tell people that have way more than me to bless me and they won't do it. Or to say my name in a room and they won't do it. Or to introduce me to somebody and they won't do it. Because again, they want to keep me confined mm -hmm. and they want to look like, it's almost like um, if I can compare it to Joseph and Potiphar, mm. that's what it's like. And so I, I'm, I'm asking God to send the butlers to remember me. And I believe that he's going to do that for you. So Potiphar is going to have to get out of the way. Because Potiphar would throw you in the jail knowing you did not do what you was accused of. But Potiphar will use you because he knows that you're smart, you're intelligent, you're wise, you speak several languages, you know how to count money, you know how to do this, this, that, and that. And you're good for Potiphar. You make Potiphar look good. But as soon as you do something that Potiphar doesn't like, he throws you away. But God is sending butlers. God is sending butlers to say your name to the, to the higher ups. We're going to walk past these Potiphar's that were supposed to tell the higher ups and they never did. That's a word for somebody. Sure is. Sure. That is a word for somebody. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel real silly. They're going to feel real silly when you got to walk past them and then you end up having as much power as the first in command. They're going to feel real silly because they should have helped when they were told to and they didn't. I'm, I'm looking at you right now. And I know God told people to bless you financially. I know God told people to say your names in these women organizations and in these empowerment groups. And they, for whatever reason, feel like that they will miss out if they said your name, not realizing that if they would have said your name, God was going to bless them double and that you were going to turn around and give them honor. But because of their insecurity and because of their timidness and because of their own, their own foolishness, they missed it. And that's okay. You can miss it, uh, but it, it, it won't come around again. Yeah, that's what that is. Okay. All right. All right. Because I'm well, getting hot. Cause I'm, yeah. Because these braids is making me hot. Because I'm getting, girl, I'm getting hot. Right. Because I feel that thing for real for you. I feel like you were supposed to be in some major rooms and the enemy lied to these women. And they decided to change their mind. Okay. All right. You gonna walk right back. Hey girl. Oh, you you over here at this table. You're at table 20. Well, I'm at table two. See you after. I'm in the same room, but you don't get to sit with me anymore. Because when you had the opportunity to, you kept me a secret. And God isn't okay with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll see you after after the salmon and asparagus. That part.
Oh man, oh man, oh man. Now I okay. see why. This was a round two interview. Round two round is two. better than round one. It's higher and higher and higher and higher. Jesus I mean, is Lord. We have to talk about your book. First of all, okay. your title in itself speaks volumes about who okay. you are and what yeah. you represent and giving people the fundamentals of what they need in their life. So yeah. tell the people about your book, please. Well, I have it right here. I didn't know you yes. was going to bring my book up, but I love my book. I'm still old fashioned. It is, it's actually my second book. Um, I had, I had another first book one? called my first one. Here's a story on that. It's called um, a little old fashioned goes long way. Super long. Mm-hmm. I went through a not so great thing with um, someone that partnered with me for my first book. And so I said, I'll never sell another one of them. And I sold over 2000 of those books. I think it was like 2,400 of those books out of my garage. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I never hit Amazon. Um, But to sell 2,400 books all over, that's a big deal. Like that's not no little thing. Um, So I had to start all over again. I was devastated. I was hurt. Um, I wasn't really able to pour my, my authentic self into that first book. And so I said, I'm going to start over. And then God sent my, um, my, I call her my, um, author, mommy, my author mentor. Her name is princess, Dr. Princess Fumi Hancock. And she helped me birth this out. So it's a combination of my first book. And I think I added like five or six more chapters. So it's a thick book, but it's a page turner. And you don't have to um, start in the beginning. You can start in the end if you want. Every chapter has its own aha moment, every chapter. And so this book is a very powerful book. It I'm talking about not just my life and my journey, but I'm talking about real situations that women go through, that save women go through, that most people don't want to really talk about. I mean, everybody has a story. Everybody yeah. has some type of womp, womp, womp in their life. But I was able to confront them, not be ashamed to talk about it, not care who don't like it. You know, there's some people in my family that don't like it. And I'm like, write your book, pay your money. And then you tell your story. Cause this is my story to tell. The Bible said they were overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And this book has hit bestseller, not once, not twice, but over three times on Amazon. Amen. And this book was produced and published five years ago. Now we're talking 2017, 2017, 2018. We're talking, right? So then God tells me a month and a half ago, Marilyn, get your book off of your desk. I mean, off of your bookshelf and blow on it. So I take my book and I go like this in the spirit. I'm like, now it's not dusty, but he told me to blow on it. I blew on it. As I blew on it, he said, it's not old and it's not dead. Mm. Because I was like, I got to write another book. They're waiting on me to write another book. And the Lord said, this is still the book. This is still what I need women to know that it's okay to still be old fashioned and be beautiful, to be a woman, to be a wife, to be a mom, to be single, to be, to be a widow, to be divorced, to have your own journey and not be manipulated by what's trending, not allow yourself to go through this demonic comparison that people go through the spirit of comparison. So now your life isn't good because you're not making a million dollars a year. But before you saw somebody make a million dollars a year, you were okay with your $80,000 a year. You were content. You are happy. You are at peace. But now you don't saw somebody on yachts and they come home with long stem roses every other day. And they're walking around and prancing around in Chanel and silk pajamas and all you can afford is target. And now you're putting the pressure on you to no longer enjoy your target pajamas because you keep seeing these other women in their Versace robes. Now I'm gonna keep it a buck. I got a Versace robe and so does my husband, but (laughs) I didn't go on the deck to get it. Right. You, you understand what I'm saying? Right. And until I could afford certain things, I was all right with Steve Madden and Aldo. Hello, somebody. Right. I, I was I was okay with still shopping at Walmart, Kmart, Target. A noon day is my thing. Give me yeah. a new day shoe and I'll be happy. You know. Um. But I I, I have to tell women to tell women you got to be careful 
with you trying to pattern your life after people who are not even telling you the truth. Some are, but some are not. You know, some some are just posting what's wonderful. Yeah. You know, but but some as soon as as soon as they post their the best picture cuz they're not posting the first picture they took right. as after they post the best picture they're going back to their reality and some of them don't even want to be where they are and they wish they were you right you know right. so my book talks about a myriad of things me going through a divorce me getting remarried me going through sexual abuse being raped having an abortion it talks about um me forgiving me walking in a consciousness of do I really want this this life over here or do I want this me being at crossroads it is a very 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 powerful book and I recommend everybody to get it absolutely 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 mm -hmm. wow that's incredible that is so yeah. awesome it's interesting when you were talking about the crossroads this week um the Lord reminded me about having radical transformation and mm -hmm. the power of it includes being comfortable with confronting belief systems that keep you bound. And yeah. I believe when people get your book, it's going to be an answer, almost like a cheat code to them to know how not to be bound by the things yes. that yes. keep in their life. Yes, absolutely. I agree 100%. And I'm a safe place to land. I remember when this app called Periscope was out. Do you remember Periscope? Yeah. I had so many followers on Periscope. I have a fourth of those on Instagram right now. And the people loved me because I was so relatable. I was very honest. See, on Periscope, it didn't matter if you were a celebrity or not. If the right. people could not relate to you, when you were talking to them, if they didn't feel like they could connect to you, they were out of that room. Right. So, and, and you know, so with Instagram, it's all about algorithms, who, you know, all the things on Periscope, it was, it, you would trend just by keeping it honest. Yes. And people will flood to your room, like, and they would stay, Marilyn, I would be on there all day and they would stay and listen to me talk. This is before the weight loss. This is before the three carat diamond ring. This is before the Mercedes. This is before the Gucci and the Chanel. This is when all I had was Jesus. And they related to that and they wanted to know how to be a good wife, how to overcome fear. How, to, how do I deal with brokenness? How do I get over a man that don't want me? but I still want him. I would be on there talking to young girls. I would even tell the young girls, all right, it's getting late the night. And they started calling me auntie. Complete mm -hmm. strangers would come to my room and say, auntie Kita's on. Women were about to commit self-harm. You know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. And I would see them in the spirit and say, put the bottle down. Put the, put the knife down, put the gun down, put it down. You're not going to take your life in the name. And I will go in the name of Jesus. You will not take your life tonight. That kind of stuff. And that's where this book came out of. Those types of conversations. Me being super transparent about me helped people walk in their freedom and in their deliverance. So I had to swallow shame, girl. I couldn't be shameful talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Who, who got time for that? You know what I mean? Because yeah. I, I wasn't suicidal. I was homicidal. I wanted to find people and hurt them for what they did to me. Mm. And I had to like, I literally would like, I remember it is, I think, you know, we would see these in cartoons when, um, you know, they would get hit upside their head and they, whoo, do -do, they see their mind just trolling. That, yeah. I used to see that. I would see my mind going from me because I was so hurt and so angry. And I'm like, God, if you don't step in, I'm going to snap. Mm. Witchcraft sent against me. People trying to kill me. Witches hunting me down. Families coming up against me. My husband chose me and there were some, you know, people not mad at him because he loved me. All that stuff. Stuff. And God, with his love and kindness said, if you trust me, if you tell the truth, 
your your voice will be heard all over the world. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know within what time frame. I'm 43 years old. I've been I've been I've been saved since I was nine years old. Then I rededicated my life back to Christ when I was like 19. And then I came back again because I went through stages. I went yeah. through processes in my life. You know, I was hurt. When I went through the, the divorce, I was mad at God because I said I was a good wife. I did mm. everything they told me to do and you told me to do. And it still didn't work. Not realizing at the time he was rescuing me from something that I didn't see ahead. I just saw in the moment. I didn't see it ahead because I was just so wanting everything to work. I wanted I just wanted I didn't want to go through that divorce. Then now divorce to raped to, okay, the guy that raped you, impregnated you. And now I'm, I'm having an abortion. And then I had a miscarriage and, the, and it's just going on. And, and I'm like, oh my God. Oh, okay. Another thing. And then I'm, I get pregnant out of wedlock. I'm a grown woman. I got pregnant out of wedlock with my husband. Now, um, shame, try to come up over me. And I said, I will not be ashamed of this baby. Mm. Ooh, girl, that stuff will get me to going. Mm, 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 mm. I, you know, got sat down because I was the I was the youth leader. Sat down. My husband, he wasn't my husband at the time. He could still be the deacon. You sat me down, but you still affirmed him. What do you think that do to a woman mm -hmm. when you when you tell her what she's carrying is wrong? Oh, the baby is blessed, but you still sat me down, but you still got him working. That's confusion right there. And I said, I will not be ashamed of my son. Mm -mm. I will not be because he belongs here. Now, how he got here was wrong. Yes, it was. But I am not going to go somewhere and hide and let people. I can't believe you, the woman of God, and you didn't believe it. And, and while you aborted yours and killed yours, see, this is going somewhere. Mm. See, while you hid yours and got a plan B, I didn't. And, you know, while you protected yours, because you're still doing what you want to do, you just didn't get caught. You want to throw stones at me instead of encouraging me. And instead of praying for me, you come for me. I went mm. through all of that as a church girl and still had to forgive people and love them. No things about folk that they, they I would never, I would never repeat. No things about people right now to this day. And I would never break them the way they broke me. You know why? Because I walk in the love of God. And I understand that people need love. They need grace. They need mercy. They need to know you can fall and you can get right back up again. Yes, you do you not have to be ashamed. You do not have to allow the enemy to bind you up with that. You can say, I made a mistake. I fell. I did something that was humiliating. I did something that, you know, was embarrassing. But you know what? I'm going to face it. I'm going to deal with it head on. And I'm going to overcome it. It's going to make me better. Right. And every situation I've ever been through, it made me better. That's yeah. right. That's right. Mm -hmm. Wow. We're going to end it right there. Actually, we're going to end it with you praying. That's not a problem. Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you for this faith therapy movement. I thank you that you know what you are doing through your daughter, Marilyn. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that everything that she does going forward will be just amazing, that it will, she will have the Midas touch, that everything she does, it will just turn to gold. I pray fruit in her life. I pray multiplication in her life. I thank you that no weapon formed against this platform, no weapon formed against her desires, no weapon formed against um, the things that you put in her belly shall be able to prosper. Father, I thank you for her family. I thank you for her insight. I thank you for her drive, her tenacity, her ability to get up, her ability to keep fighting and to keep going and to continue to obey what you showed her in a vision. Father, I pray that it's not just a vision, but that people will see it and that they will carry it because she wrote the vision down. I pray, God, that people will come to her, that they will assist her, that they will bless her, that they will platform her, that they will come to her for help and that they will pay her. Father, I thank you that in this season, 
that you are literally catapulting her forward. And every viewer, every listener, God, we pray blessings over them in the name of Jesus. Let this not just be a thing that they watch and throw away, but let them come back to it. Let them fast forward and rewind and pause and cry and take notes and whatever they need to do to get what they need. We speak deliverance over everyone that is watching. We decree and declare healing over them in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for liberty. We thank you for salvation. That those that may watch this that didn't even know who Jesus was, that they will confess out of their mouth today that Jesus Christ is Lord. We prophesy over them more abundance, abundance over them, plenty over them, wide spaces. We decree over them that you are allowing them and making them to lay down in green pastures. Father, I thank you right now for your love. I thank you for your peace. I just thank you right now for just allowing the spirit of peace and the, and the, and the love that you have for us. Let us feel that like never before. Father, we thank you that you called us, that you have fashioned us, that you have created us in your image and in your likeness. And those that are watching this on faith therapy, they will never, ever, ever be the same. Satan, the Lord God rebuke you and you had an opportunity to take them out, but you didn't because God would not allow it. And for that, we laugh at you. And we know that your final place is absolute hell and we will not meet you there. Father, I thank you right now for the laughter and the joy that we're walking in and that oppression and depression is far from us. I thank you for providing and, and again, supplying for us in this season and not just in this season, but for the rest of our life and for the rest of our life, we'll forever thank you, we'll praise you, we'll give you the glory and the honor that is due your name. In Jesus name, amen.